in your Bibles, if you will turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, right there at the very beginning of, of that Gospel, um, will be um, our, our message today. And uh, I've been talking um, last few Sundays, uh, last Sunday we talked about, um, you know, we, we did a message for the 4th of July, but the, the Sundays before that, we've been talking about having a, um, a correct view of our body and, and what that is as far as um, our, our creation, and that it is just as much important as, as what our inner life is or, or our heart is within us or the spirit within us. Um, we are both body and spirit, and those are very um, important connections um, that, that need to be made. We, we, we are two sides of a single coin. And, uh, and, and the physical side is just as important as our spiritual side, so to speak. And, and, and we need to realize that today because in our culture today, there, there are people telling us that, that my inner self is what's important, not my outer self. And that comes from um, ancient um, beliefs rooted in paganism about our bodies and, and, and our souls and how they um, relate to each other and how important those, those um, aspects are. And, and we need to be in prayer um, over, the, over, over our culture and over, and over people that have these, these mistake, mistaken ideas that, um, you know, it, it's essentially the ancient idea that the flesh is bad and the spirit is good. And, you know, we're, we're asked to accept that, okay, today I, I feel like this, that this is who, how I feel today of who I am, not, not what my um, physical body tells me that I am. The, this idea of separation of, of biological sex and gender roles and, and how we, we're trying to separate those kinds of things today. And, and, and it's, um, you know, it, it's psych psychologically that, that presents a problem, I think, for people. And, and it's sad that people are, are caught up in, in this kind of, I don't even know who I am today, or that, that may change um, as, as, as the days go on. But as uh, Timothy Tennant says in his book, For the Body, that the, the human body is the anchor, is the real anchor to reality. Our human bodies are the real anchor to reality. And as we've been saying, you know, we're, we're created in the image of God. And so we, we've got a body-soul dichotomy there. Uh, we, we were um, made male and female, so we have you know, uh, gendered um, uh, bodies um, that, that God has, has given us for, for various purposes we've talked about. God has made us male and female. And the other thing we talked about too was how the body comes from the material substance of creation itself and that, that God intended it to be good. And we said part of that um, reasoning has to do with um, our, our study of Christ and who He is. And I wanted to expand on that part today on how Christ became flesh and how important that is for our understanding of, of our identity today. Not, 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 not that you're confused about your identity necessarily. Um, there, there is some, some confusion um, even in ourselves. Sometimes we, we tend to think that my inner life and my heart is the most important thing. Um, and, and, and we're often told in our society to follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Well, that, that, that there's a reality that, that's connected with that, and that is the physical world, the physical body, the material world, and the reality 
um, that's, that, that, that it involves. So, so it does apply to a certain extent to maybe some of the things that we, we talk about. But, but this is where that all, all of that, if, if we're continually talking about following our heart, what we're going to end up talking about is our emotions and how I feel on a certain day. And how I feel on a certain day determines who I am, really. That, that, that's not it. It's, it. it's body and soul. And, and, and the way in which the um, early church fathers talked about this, um, the human body was reflective of their conversations about Christ and who He is. We want, the early church fathers wanted to, we wanted to say the right things about Jesus, that He is God in the flesh, that He's the God-man. And out of that conversation came our idea of personhood. Jesus showed us that um, the, the flesh and, and the spirit came together in him. And that's how we came to understand who we are as human beings, especially in, in, in the Christian church, that we are a body-soul dichotomy just as Jesus what, what was a body and, and, and spirit dichotomy. But here, here is the main scripture where this comes from. And it, and it begins... Um, here at uh, verse 14. And it says this, And the Word, which is Jesus Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John, the Baptist meaning, John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from the fullness we have, we have all received uh, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Christ, it says here, the word of God took on our flesh so that he could reveal God to us. Now we read this passage often at Christmas time when we talk about Jesus coming into the world. But we've got to understand who Jesus Christ is and, and beginning at verse uh, chapter 1, verse 1 here, going back to the beginning of this, um, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In other words, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, was pre-existent before He took on human flesh and he existed with God. And in fact, he was with God in the beginning during their creation. And it says that through Jesus, all things were made. Which is interesting. And, and, and when you read Genesis, um, we, we, we talked about the creation a while back. God spoke everything into existence. He spoke it. It came about. And a lot of people associate that word and that thought with Jesus Christ. God had, had a will and a mind to create the world through, in, in, in certain ways and in His purposes. But through His word it came about. 
Je Jesus was, in other words, the executor of God's will. God spoke it, Jesus carried it out. And, and, and it was um, an instant, instantly that all this happened. It also talks about how God's spirit hovered over um, the, the, the deep waters that, that, that were appearing in, in creation here. So not only was God involved, the, God the Father, um, the Word, Jesus Christ, was, was involved, and, and also the Spirit, all three. And so we, we have um, implications of the Trinity, even in the creation story. We don't understand that until later on, until Jesus comes about. But Jesus was there in the beginning. He, he, he was in the beginning, you know, um, you know, as just, just as Genesis 1 begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, God, He was there before even creation began, is, is the point here. But He came into the world and took on flesh. And we know how He did that because of the Christmas story given in the other Gospels. Jesus did not just appear as, as, as spirit. He didn't just appear on the scene as, as, as an adult uh, male. He came through the normal process that everybody comes into this world, but it was significantly different in the fact that the Spirit, um, by His power, and not by human agency, but by His power, um, you know, impregnated Mary with, with human flesh, who herself came from the material of the earth, and then God sent Jesus into human flesh. The, the spirit of, the, of this baby was very much God. The flesh of this baby was very much human. From Mary, her own, her own substance, and, and, and also um, by um, uh, vicariously. This, this is why it was so important in the Gospels that they gave Jesus' genealogy. It goes all the way back to King David. As, as, as the model for, for, for the king of Israel, it goes all the way back to Adam, even, in those genealogies. Jesus came into humanity with human flesh, fully God and fully man. And we have to understand that. That, that means, then, that, that the human body has become important. Actually, it was already important, but it becomes, it, 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 we, become, we, we begin to realize its importance because of Jesus Christ coming into the world. And Jesus, uh, or, or um, John the Apostle who wrote this, not John the Baptist, some people get that confused. John, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin who, who um, was the um, forerunner of Jesus and prophesied His coming to the people. Uh, John the Apostle was the one who came after, after Jesus and followed Him and was discipled and, and then became um, the one Jesus sent out to um, spread the message and he, he, John the Apostle is who wrote these words. But he says here that, um, you know, we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father. And it also says here that, um, verse 18, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. In other words, part of the reason that Jesus came into the world in human flesh was to reveal God to the world. To, to, to let people see for themselves what God was like. And Christ being in the image of God, just like you and I are in the image of God, 
the, the main difference is, of course, he was fully God as well. But, but he appeared in the image of God so that we could see who God is and what he was really like. Because over the, the centuries of, of sin and, 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 and over the centuries of, of corrupted hearts, I think people had forgotten who, what God looked like. And for a long time, God, God looked like uh, the stones or, the, or, or they, they fashioned images out of, out of wood and stone and, and uh, precious metals and other things. But here they, they, they see God in the flesh in Jesus Christ. And, he, and he, he's, he, he looks like them now in human flesh so that they could um, understand and relate to God better. So that they can come to understand God better. Jesus in his flesh reflected God to a, to a world that was so desperately in need in him, so desperately that they didn't even know that they, they needed God. The Jews had the promise of a coming Messiah, but they, had, they really had no idea how that, that, that Messiah would appear. They, they thought the Messiah would just show up on the scene as, as sort of like a divine archangel to come in and, and conquer Israel's enemies and, and sweep out the Roman Empire and um, Jesus would take over and establish His, his kingdom on earth and no one would be able to challenge Him and, and all the riches of the world would pour into Jerusalem and Jerusalem, uh, God, God would rule the world from Jerusalem. That, that, that is not what God intended to happen um, at, at least not yet. <laughs> because people had forgotten about what it says in the book of Isaiah where, where the, the, son, the, the, the son would suffer as, as a sacrificial lamb for the sins of the people. They had, they had forgotten all the passages that talked about a suffering Messiah. And, and in order for him to suffer and die like that for the sins of the people as a sacrifice... He had to have a human body. He had to put on a, a mortal flesh, a mortal flesh that, that was destructible. And that, that's another reason that Jesus took on flesh. Je Jesus took on flesh so that we could see what God was in, in the world. Physically what, what God um, was like. He revealed the glory of God in, in the world. But he also took on human flesh so that he could suffer and die for our sins. Some people have speculated, and we call this speculative theology. If, if, if Adam had never sinned, would Jesus have still come into the world? I think he would have. For the reason of revealing God to them, looking, like, looking as one of them, taking on the form of one of them, in, in order so that human beings could, could learn to relate to God better. I, I'm wondering if he wouldn't have done that. But that was an, another purpose for Jesus' coming because mankind had fallen and was sinful and he needed to show them what, what a glorified, restored humanity looked like. And he had to do that in his flesh and in his body. If you um, ever find that book, um, it, it's, it's easy to find on Amazon. It's called For the Body. It's by a man named Timothy Tennant. Uh, Timothy Tennant is, is the uh, current president of Asbury um, Seminary. Asbury University is where the revival happened um, back in February. And many of you have heard of a Asbury University. Um, but, but this is the seminary, which is down the street from the university. 
and he, he, he's the president of, of the current president of, of Asbury Seminary, and um, he has this little book called For the Body. And if you find it, um, that, that, that's been a source of a lot of what I'm talking about, but it's a good book, and you, and you should read it. But he says in that, that really and truly, Christ becomes the bridge between God and humanity. Jesus is, is, is the bridge between his creation and, and, and the spiritual realm. Jesus is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual, so to speak. He's the bridge between the immaterial and the material. He's the bridge between the transcendent and the imminent. That which is above, we, we talk about God living in, 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 in His heavenly throne outside of, of the created universe. Jesus, he broke into the created universe through Jesus Christ. They, they intersect each other in the body of Jesus Christ. He, he is the bridge. He was fully God and fully man in Himself. And anyone who, who tries to deny that Jesus uh, came in the flesh is, is really speaking heresy. There, there are some people that in, in the ancient times believed that, that Jesus just appeared as a human being. And the other church fathers rejected that. No, how, how could he have suffered and died? What was, what was the point of all that? If, if, if he just appeared or looked like a human being even though he was a spirit. And some people try to say that, okay, Jesus... Was, was born a human, and then um, later on, um, God came to, and, and, and controlled his mind. All these other kinds of things that, that kept uh, coming up when they were talking about the doctrine of Christ. And, and we said, look, you know, look at what the scriptures are saying. It says that Jesus came in, in the flesh. He took on our human flesh. He came in, in the normal way, but came in um, uh, in a special way because he came to a virgin named Mary. It wasn't by any human agency, but by the divine power of God. But, but he was very much human being. Um, they could see him. They could touch him. He, he touched people. He healed them. So how, how do you explain God? Well, you have to say that he is very much God and very much human. He's both. The key difference, of course, is how he... Um, and, and, and how he came about the world, but also that he was without sin. He took on mortal flesh, he took on our flesh just like us, but he was without sin in this world. But John also says later on in one of his letters, this is 1 John chapter 4, and he says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. That tells me, number one, that, that a spirit can be deceitful. The body that God made for us, again, is the anchor to reality. But anyway, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know that the Spirit of God, um, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. So that's very important. The one who confesses Jesus came in the flesh is from God. Verse 3, 
And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. There's that term Antichrist. You know, the term Antichrist doesn't even appear in the book of Revelation. It appears here in John's letters because the spirit of Antichrist is anyone who denies Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Verse 4, little children, you are, not, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In other words... This is the importance of our faith is Jesus coming in the flesh. It, it is key to our faith. The difference between truth and error is, is, is how we believe that Jesus Christ was in the world. And again, Jesus took on flesh, a mortal flesh, so that he could suffer and die on behalf of the sins of the world. That's very important. Jesus comes deep into humanity. Not only, and I've, I've talked about this before, but he came as a, as a defenseless and helpless child into this world, completely dependent upon his parents, who had, had no home at, at the time that he was born, and he was laid in a feeding trough <laughs> as a cradle. That's pretty poor. And eventually, when they, when they, after much trial, they, they returned to Nazareth. He grew up in, in, in a small village of Galilee, far away from the big hustle and bustle of, of Jerusalem, the, the center of, of uh, Judaism. He grew up far away in, in a tiny, insignificant village in, in, in uh, Galilee. And uh, his father was, was a carpenter. And, um, and, and Jesus probably took on that, that occupation too. They tend to take on the occupation from their fathers. He was not a rich man, but he was full of God, fully God, and became a witness to a lost and dying world. And he, and he, and he attracted men who were simple men, not dumb, not, not completely uneducated, that they were not formally trained men in, in the Scriptures. But Jesus, when He appeared... He taught them. He trained them. He gave them knowledge of, of Himself and, and, and of God the Father. He revealed God to them. And they carried that message to the world. And then wrote them down just like the Apostle John here so that we could know who Jesus was and is. And Jesus suffered and died in His flesh as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. That gives some meaning in, in, in to, the, to the suffering that we go through in our lives. Jesus suffered just like we did and yet overcame. And as he talked about um, in, in, in the letter that John wrote that, that we have overcome. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But he overcame this world through his death and, and also through his resurrection. Because we know that as Jesus after Jesus suffered and died for the sins of the people as a sacrifice, He rose again to new life. And we know that He rose with a physical body. 
because he appeared to his disciples with the wounds on him. At the end of the Gospel of John, Jesus cooked fish and ate with them. He had a physical body when he returned. It was a glorified body, no longer touched by corruption and, and therefore immortal. He took on a glorified body after the resurrection. But it was still a physical body. And because of that, because Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus himself says, you know, the Bible says too in other places, that he was the firstborn from among the dead. In other words, those who believe in him are going to have a physical resurrection at the great white throne judgment, and, and, and the righteous will be with him forever. There's a physical resurrection awaiting us. There is a, and our bodies are going to return to us in a glorified form. Imperishable. What does that mean for us in the here and now? We, we, we talk about that um, in the future, and we talk about this, this pie in the sky, you know, sweet by and by, um, that's going to happen at, at some point. Um, and, and, and we believe in that. I'm not, I'm not belittling that. That, that. that is the purpose of our salvation. First and foremost, it is, it is to cleanse us of our sins and transform us to prepare us for God's kingdom at the end of time. But what does that mean for us in the here and now? A severe thunderstorm warning has been issued for your location. That's the danger. Um, for the here and now it means that we praise the Lord that we worship Him with our mouths with our, with, with our physical selves we worship the Lord He gave us a mouth to praise Him it says it over and over again in the scriptures He gave us a mouth to praise Him He gave us a mind so that we can receive revelation from Him to know who He is and then, therefore, we, we can return praise to Him. Worship is one of the key things that, that we should do. Worshiping Christ with, with, with our mouths. We honor Him with our own bodies. Especially when it comes to the things that, that, that are considered sinful. The things that, that are detrimental to us. The things that, that harm our bodies. It tells us, the scripture tells us uh, later on that, that, it's, um, that, that sexual immorality is a sin against ourselves as well as it is against God. Sexual immorality is a sin against the body. And it, it behooves us to know what, what, what God calls sexual immorality. Jesus takes that deeper and talks about lust because he realizes that we are a body-soul dichotomy, but, but, but it's, the, it's, it's those actions that we do with our body that, that, that make that sinful, that, that, that cross the line and transgress God's law. God, again, has created the world, 
male and female, and he brought them together in a union and said that, that what God has brought together, let no man tear asunder. One man for one woman for life is God's intention. And the only thing that separates them is, is should separate them is death. And again, like I've said, you know, I, we can't be black and white on divorce for this reason, because you can't make another person want to stay in a marriage. <laughs> Whoever. You can't, you can't do it. But I will say, and some of you who have experienced it know that, that a lot of times that, that, is, that, that is as real and, and, and as grievesome as, as a death. It, separating people. If, if, if one person doesn't want to conform to the Scriptures and do what is right and follow God's will, you can't make them do that as much as we might want them to. And so separations occur, and I understand that. I think it's great when God restores those relationships. I think it's great when God brings somebody else into a person's life and, 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 and they, they come into agreement with each other and, and they're able to come together and, and, and start you know, a new life um, a, a married life. But we have to realize that we've got to honor God with our bodies, in our bodies, by staying away from what he calls sexual immorality. All throughout the Bible, the Bible is consistent that it talks about same-sex relationships as being sinful. There's no question about it. And then we honor God also with our service to others in the world. When we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, we, 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 can, we can proclaim that in love and with compassion. God, God can save people. God can forgive their sins. God can restore them. God has to do that in the heart and life, though, before any kind of behavioral change happens. And, and, and it's our job to show love and compassion to those in the world. God is going to be the one who judges sin in the world, not, not me. Now, if somebody comes to Christ and wants to follow the way of Christ, yes, we hold them accountable, but we do that um, in, in a loving way. But God has um, made us so that we can honor Him in our bodies, just as Christ honored God when He was here on earth and showed us how, how to live for Him. And he said, Jesus taught, taught us that, that the way of love is the most important thing. The height of the law, according to Jesus, was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. We can only do that with, with, in our flesh. Um, we, we can have the heart change and the heart change affects what we do. But, but, but a person who is controlled by God and, and, has, and has surrendered to Him and, has, um, and finds that their life and their, their identity in Him as, as the one who made us the way that we are and created us to be um, who we are, but, but both physically and spiritually, when we realize that and we begin serving others and loving Him, God, God, God can change the world and He can change the, 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 the others around us. And it's through our love and our compassion, in truth, because, because if, if, if we're lying to someone or deceiving someone, that is not love. 
If, 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 if we're not um, following after the truth ourselves and then, then trying to impose that truth on other people, that's hypocrisy. We have to give the truth to people in love. And when we show love and compassion to someone, we have to also be able to present the truth of God to them. The reason that we are showing this, this love and compassion towards you is because Christ can change your heart and life. He's changed my heart and life. He can change yours too. So the call today as believers who believe Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and has shown us in His physical body um, how, how we should live according to God's law and, 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 and to show us who God is as far as a loving and compassionate Father we need to also honor God with our own bodies and our own flesh and, and do what is right and what God has called us to do. And especially as believers in Jesus Christ, to reach out in love and compassion to others and show them the correct way that God wants us to live. That, uh, a world that is confused and does not know what it's doing or where it's going or who it even is, We can tell them there are great and glorious purposes in Jesus Christ. We can tell them about what He's done in my life personally. And He can do the same thing for you if you'll give your heart and life to Him. Let's stand.